Everything is closed by 10 p.m. in Oakland. I need a late night food spot, SMH. You are locked on fantasy basketball, your daily podcast on fantasy basketball. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble, another season preview podcast for us to get through today. We're going to be looking at the Golden State Warriors. I'm joined by the host of the Locked On Warriors podcast and that is Charles Hamilton. Charles, welcome to the show. What's up, Josh? Thanks for having me, man. It's good to have you on. First time for you on these uh, season preview podcasts. We're going to go through all the players on the Warriors, try and work out where their fantasy value is. I think a lot of it's going to be the same as it's been for many years. But of course, there is one addition that causes a little bit of a change in some of that stuff, and that is DeMarcus Cousins. We'll get to all of that. Michael Bolton's ready. Let's get to it. To it. All right, let's talk about these Golden State Warriors. Charles, first of all, projected record. You've gone with 60 and 22, which amazingly is under the Vegas line of 62 and a half. What's your, I guess, hesitancy on this team that looks absolutely super powered? Why are you going under the 62 as one of the only hosts that's actually gone under and been pessimistic on the win total? It, it's mostly just the fact that it's up to them whether they decide they want to show up or not night to night. They, we saw this with them a little bit last year. I mean, they did have injuries towards the end of the year, which hurt them a little bit. But at the same time, there were games where they were just lackluster and just disinterested and figured they could turn it on later in the game and, and wouldn't be able to or you know just wouldn't even try to. So it's really just, I mean, they could, you know, get close to 70. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised, but it's just the fact that I, I feel like I saw this last year that there were times where they just weren't, you know, to not to doesn't sound great, but where they got a little bored sometimes. And Steve Kerr has mentioned it. And uh, I think Draymond might have even said it that they're going to, you know, they're going to be resting guys a good amount this this season. Uh, they are past the point of trying to prove something during the regular season. They know what their goal is. It's a championship and being healthy going into the playoffs. So I think there's going to be games where you'll see a lot of Quinn Cook or like Jacob Evans and and. You know, Steph and KD and Clay. I Clay maybe less because he's he's harder to sit down. But I wouldn't be surprised if Steph and KD and Draymond probably miss uh, you know fifteen to twenty games this year, mostly out of rest. Not, hopefully, not injury. That's interesting because we, we've heard this before out of the Warriors. Are they going to take it easy, especially after the seventy-three and nine season? You're going to ease off on these guys, and it never happened. They just, they just didn't do it. They didn't rest guys. They didn't limit their minutes. They played them the same thing. They'd play thirty-three to thirty-five minutes a night. They'd sit. They'd sit a couple of games for rest. They'd have their injuries, but mm-hmm. they wouldn't be sitting guys with wholesale type of rest. So I'm, I'm a little bit disinclined to think that they're going to be going that hard on it and, and going at you know twenty games, which would be a huge chunk. And I think the the league would have something to say about guys sitting as much as they did. But mm-hmm. of course. Injuries could be a problem because it was a problem for this team last year. We had Steph playing only 51 games, Kevin Durant playing only 68 games, Draymond Green battling a shoulder injury all season. He only played 70 games. So, yeah, that could all be a, a problem. But we have heard them squawking about you know, rest and minutes over the past three years, and it really hasn't come to pass at, at any real point. The... um the projected leading scorer on this team, you've gone with Steph, which is a good way to transition into talking about Curry for this season. 
He and Durant mm-hmm. both led the team with 26 and uh, 26.4 points per game last season. Of course, Curry was dealing with ankle and knee injuries. Um, I think he's going a little bit underdrafted in fantasy drafts at this point because people are, like you, Charles, they're really worried about them. Just a wholesale rest for this team. Again, I'm not fully on board mm-hmm. with that. They didn't rest them last season at all. They missed games because they were injured. So what makes, uh, what, where's your confidence in Steph? You're getting back some of that scoring that, that was missing a little bit last season. It wasn't, it wasn't missing a, a terrible man, but what, what's pushing him to be the leading scorer over Duran on this team? Yeah, you know, it's really just a coin flip between the two. And wouldn't be surprised if KD is leading them in scoring. But like you said, they were pretty much scored the same last year, 26.4, I think. So it'll be close either way. And I'm just going with Steph just because, you know, I don't know. (laughs) Just coin flip pretty much. It's it's just one of those situations. Yeah, it's just one of the two, really. Um, I do think Clay will still be right around 20. You know, Draymond will get his, you know, close to triple-double pretty much every night. And... Yeah, it's just, it's for as great and fun as they are, they're also kind of boring in a weird way because you know what you're going to get. Exactly right. We just, we know what's going to happen with this, uh, with this Warriors team. We know what Steph mm-hmm. is going to do. He was the third ranked player last season on a per game basis. I think he's going to be close to top five on per game. It's all going to come down to what's your appetite for that risk. You know, the ankles, I'm not really worried about. He had the problems last mm-hmm. year, but he played almost every game for the previous four or five seasons. So the knee had been a problem, but that had really been a playoff issue, uh, in previous seasons. And maybe the ankles cause a problem again. Maybe something weird happens with his knee. Maybe the fact that he's 30 now, that injuries become more of a concern, as we've seen with Chris Paul through the latter years or the latter stages of his career. Um, yeah, it's just constantly something continuing to happen. So I understand. As long as uh, they can avoid a center falling into either KD's or Steph's knee, hopefully they'll. Well, we don't have any. Uh, uh, we don't have any real doofuses uh, at center on this team like uh, Zaza Pachulia no, no. or Javale McGee uh, to, to go ahead yes, and, uh, yes. and ruin that. So hopefully, people who have some <laughs> level of control over their limbs might uh, be able to prevent uh, KD and Steph from getting hurt. But I think Steph's fine. He's going to slide outside the top six in most type of scenarios. And I think I would be happy to take that bet on Curry for a guy who on per game basis. And if he's playing 75 games, which maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. um, Yeah, that's a huge, huge return on investment to get him at that late stage of the first round. I think that's a real chance of, of being able to do that. Now, the big question, though, of course, with this team, Charles, is DeMarcus Cousins. I'm not going to hear and yeah, talk about the the signing, the free agency deal. I've banged that to death on this podcast, and everyone <laughs> knows my thoughts on that. But the injury, where are we at with Boogie? When we're here, you know, he, I'm going to be ready for training camp. Oh, no, we're going to take it slow. There seems to be a recent pushback on, no, let's just calm down as to when he's coming back. But when do you think we're going to see Cousins? Are we going to see him before or after Christmas, before or after the All-Star break? Like, Where are we sitting in for Boogie, who hurt that uh, Achilles in February last season? I'm looking at personally, and again, you know, not a doctor, so I really have no idea. But personally, I think it will be after Christmas, but before the MLK game. Uh, I don't have the schedule in front of me, but I know there's a run of games about a week before the MLK game that uh, would be a a somewhat soft landing spot for him uh, to where he can come back and not go against, you know, top tier uh, other centers in the league or anything like that. Uh, a somewhat solid landing spot. Well, that's because it doesn't feel like Christmas would be pushing a little bit too much. And they have to get him back at really any time for the playoffs. I remember Bob Myers said that it was like the only timetable is playoffs. But, yeah. uh, obviously, they'll get him back for it, but they just have no incentive to 
they all, I think, once he's 100%, I think they might a week or two after that. Uh, so I would think for the MLK game, probably a week or so before, and then, you know, how, how many games uh, before the all between, and then there's a stretch of playoffs. But, you know, who knows? I wouldn't be surprised if it is after the all-star week. But my, my money's on very perfect. I've got no idea when the ML, when MLK Day actually is, but I've got his current... January 21st, I think. Okay. Well, I've got his projected return here on Basketball Monster. I've, uh, I've set it as the 15th of January, so we're in that same sort of there we go. Uh, ballpark yeah. zone. But we have to remember, of course, Charles, when he comes back, he's not going to be playing every game. He's not going to be coming mm. back and playing 35 minutes per night. So you know, when you're looking to draft, look, he can very well still be a top 30 guy on a per-game basis. He was a comfortable top 10 guy last season, but... How much are we actually going to see DeMarcus Cousins on the court? Like how many games are we going to see? 30 games? Maybe that's in your fantasy playoffs. But again, is in a five-game week, which the Warriors do have during fantasy playoffs, what do we see him three times during that time? At 27, 28 minutes a night, perhaps? Is it a slow ramp up where during February he plays 25 a night and then during March he pushes back to 30 a night? These are all possibilities, but... I wouldn't be looking at Boogie inside the top 100 in any drafts. You've got to carry him for definitely November, October, uh, probably December, maybe all of January. Yeah, slow run into things in February, and then who knows what's going to be happening in March. But I think there is zero chance that he is playing 34 minutes a night by uh, by the by April. Um, maybe he gets it happening in that last week of the regular season to push into the playoffs. But I think you're not going to see those big sort of playing time numbers from Demarcus Cousins this season because they, they just don't need to. Exactly. That's what I was going to say is even if he's healthy enough to do that, they just don't need him for 34 minutes a game, you know, probably 25, some nights closer to 30, but it'll definitely be a slow climb to that. Like I said, there's just no reason for them to rush him back or rush him back to it's an guess Be careful when... I guess the big question with Cousins is, yeah, he's a high-usage big man that does struggle defensively. Uh, how is that going to fit in with KD, with Steph, with Clay, you know, with Draymond? Not so much. He doesn't need the ball at all, really, you know, to, to shoot or anything like that. He'll just distribute yeah. and set these guys up. But you know, where's he going to fall in this offensive pecking order? Is he going to get pissed off when he's not getting the shots that he thinks he he will? Will Clay get pissed off? Will, you know, will Steph or will KD have issues with Boogie? That's the, the big issue is when you know, Cousins does return, how much of an impact does it have on KD? How much does it have on Steph? I think that, that Cousins is going to take that step back a little bit. I think he'll probably still come in uh, usage-wise a little bit above Clay, but behind Steph and KD. But how can you see that you know, usage dynamic working between these guys? I mean, I think he nailed it. I think K, or excuse me, I think Boogie is coming in with, and we'll see what happens. It could all just be lip service right now, but with the right mindset of the fact he's coming in with you know, four other all-stars and with two clear options ahead of him offensively. And I also think that uh, he's going to have a big role with the second unit. I think that's where he's going to get his touches uh, with that second unit that has struggled to score for uh, going on two, three years now. Uh, with They usually trot out Draymond and Clay together in that second unit, and then that's about it. You know, there's uh, Sean Livingston, Andre Iguodala. So it's more of a defensive unit, and they would lean on Clay a lot, who needs to be set up more than create his own offense. And I think they'll play a ton uh, out of the post with him in that second unit. And it's a, that second unit is a, a top defensive unit in the league, not just as a second unit. Uh, so that should help mask some of his defensive deficiencies. 
but I think that's where most of his touches and most of his usage is going to come as as the main scorer with that with that second unit, and he'll still get time with the the starters and the main guys as well. But I I also recently, as we saw with Chris Paul, you know, he would start with James Harden, but he'd come out about two minutes later, and then they'd flip flop and weren't on the court a ton together. So that's kind of what I see. He'll start once he gets back and is healthy, but most of his time will come uh, with with the second unit players. Yeah, and that's going to enable him to have that similar usage to what he's had in the past. Yeah, somewhat of a drop. He still can handle the ball, can run things in that second unit as well, mm-hmm. which is all, all going to be good. But it's all going to come down to games played, minutes played, and where you want to take him in a draft. It's not going to be in, in that top 100 type of an area, I don't believe. Anyway. Definitely. The breakout player you had listed, it's an interesting one because you, know, you look at that start, projected starting five and they're all who they are, but you listed Quinn Cook. So I'm interested to hear your reasoning. He was excellent last season. He ostensibly replaces the disaster that was Nick Young in the rotation uh, for this team, um, yeah, perhaps moving Sean Livingston more to that permanent shooting guard type of guy because you know, he's not a, a real threat in terms of being a, a ball handler or a, or, or a spot-up threat or anything like that, just a, a guy who does his work in the post. But Cook was excellent. He was Excellent for Santa Cruz in the G League with his shooting. He transitioned it to the Warriors when he started. He was putting up big numbers. So are you seeing an expanded role for him as that primary backup guy now this season? Absolutely. And just like I mentioned with uh, DeMarcus in the second unit, that's where Quinn's going to get his money and where he's going to get his looks. He finished the year great with the Warriors when Steph was out. And then, I mean, he had a run where Steph, KD, Clay were pretty much all the all-stars were out. And so he was you know, putting up 20, 30 points a game. And it's funny because this offseason I've seen people write, you know, where's their scoring going to come in that second unit? They need a Jamal Crawford or this or that, and nothing against Jamal Crawford, but, you know, his efficiency isn't that great he's not, he's not to where, <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> you said it better than me. But uh, he, Quinn Cook, you know, 43% from three, he was able to get his own shots last year when he finally got uh, opportunities. And I think he's going to get opportunities with the second unit this year. And, I just think he will be a double-digit scorer, um, whether that's a breakout or not. For a guy coming out of the G League, it's it's pretty darn good. So I think he will be a, a main part of that second unit, especially because, like we talked about before, DeMarcus Cousins won't be back till maybe halfway through the season. So someone's going to have to get buckets on that second unit. I think it'll be Quinn. Amazingly, Cook led this team in three-point shooting last season. He had <laughs> 44.2% of his uh, of his threes. You compare that with uh, uh, Clay, who's at 44.0, Durant at 41.9, and Steph at 42.3. So having that guy to come in off the bench, and the bench was starved for three-point shooters uh, as well. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously, Nick Young was there, but he was, he was terrible. So you know, Cook was hitting those threes. He's going to have a solid role. He's going to be an interesting three-point streaming option. And if we look at what he did without those guys, the last 15 games of last season, he played 35 minutes a night and averaged 17, four and four and a half assists, shot 52, 85 and 50 for a true shooting of 63% on a usage of under 20%. They were ridiculous numbers. He looked fantastic. I think he is a starting caliber point guard, a low end one, but he could start Mm -hmm. on some teams in the NBA. The shooting, I believe is real. He did it in the G League. He did it for the Pelicans the year before. Um, and he's in a perfect spot for the, for that to happen. So while, while he might not be a guy that takes a step up for for fantasy leagues, for standard ones, always a guy to keep an eye on. If Steph sits, Cook's the guy you want to look at, whether that's for daily streaming, yep. for daily fantasy, he's going to produce, and we saw him do that last season. So really impressive stuff from Quinn Cook last year. The only two-way guy on this team is Damian Lee, who played some okay minutes for the Atlanta Hawks last season. Of course, he does have a uh, familiar relationship with Steph Curry being his uh, future brother-in-law or current brother-in-law. Did, uh, is he married yet? 
I think I think still future brother-in-law, okay. but yes, engaged to uh, to Sidel Curry, uh, Steph's sister. Yeah, look, and he had some moments last season, but yeah, mm-hmm. he's just he's not really going to see too much of the floor, so not much that we need to uh, to really talk about in terms of uh, Damo for this coming season. For this team, we sort of know who they are, uh, Charles. We know yeah. what the Warriors are, but the Cousins is a, a little bit of a change. Do you see anything with Steve Kerr and the uh, offensive or defensive system changing with Boogie in the mix here, or it be he's got to fit in or or, or nothing like that, that's we're not going to make any adjustments for him i think it'll be somewhere in the middle i do think with that second unit it will it'll still be the same because the second unit still used to run its offense through david west in the post yep. but david west doesn't have the offensive or the scoring ability that boogie does so instead of just running you know a bunch of cuts off off of the david west in the post or you know, back screens and stuff like that, Boogie will be able to go get buckets. So it'll be a mix of similar but different, if that makes any sense. Um, And also he'll have to, he will definitely have to uh, adapt to what the Warriors do as well because it's already a team with four all-stars, so you're not just going to change everything for for one guy. Well, you'd hope not, but yeah, I I agree with you. (laughs) Now, I I asked this question of all the hosts, and uh, you thankfully answered it, even though I agree with your uh, your take here. You said, most likely player to get traded is Sean Livingston, although no one's going to get traded, and I agree with you. I don't think Sean Livingston's going anywhere, but you had to pick Mm -hmm. someone there. Livingston does pretty much nothing for fantasy. Maybe he can be a top 300 Mm -hmm. player. He's really efficient scoring, doesn't get to the line, but with a good free throw percentage, just does nothing else, and he's just not going to have any impact in really any sort of fantasy league, so I don't think we need to talk about Sean Livingston too much, but let's talk about Jacob Evans instead, the Warriors' first-round yeah. draft pick, who I thought, yeah, this is great. He's, he's in that Andre Iguodala-type mold. They can move him in there. And then he was an absolute disaster in Summer League. <laughs> he had a finger injury. How much of that was was the, the finger injury? Where is he fitting in in this rotation-type uh, situation? Because he, he's brought in for defense. And uh, are the Warriors worried at all about that you know, really no-show in, uh, in Vegas? Uh, worried would be strong because it is just Summer League, but I think he went, you know, one of... 20 or something from three, which is not good, but, uh, but it is still just summer league and he did have the finger injury. So it's, it's something to keep an eye on, but at the same time, it's a serviceable wing at the very least, you know, he can defend, which is the main thing they look for. Uh, it'd be nice. They always kind of lean defensively when it comes to most of their players, especially considering the, the, you know, explosive offensive players that they already have. But It'll be interesting to see how he can progress and whether he does find a role with the team this year or, you know, are they going to have to lean on Andre Iguodala a little more or uh, Sean Livingston, who we, we just talked about where I don't think he'll get traded, but if, you know, having to pick someone, I figured it would be him. Uh, but I know they don't want to do that. I know they want to try and keep their minutes down, at least, especially because they're the, you know, elder statesmen on the team. But it'll be interesting to see. And Pat McCall, so I don't know. He hasn't signed his qualifying offer yet. Doesn't look like he'll get another offer out there, so he'll still be there. So it'll be somewhat of a battle between Jacob Evans and Pat McCaw for, for playing time and as far as a battle you can get for, you know, 10th man on the bench minutes. Yeah, and I think McCaw probably does get that role uh, for whatever mm-hmm. minutes there. He can play a little bit the one, the two, and the three. You mentioned... It'll come, uh, go ahead. Sorry, it'll come down to whoever can make threes oh, at, yeah. you know, a serviceable, even if it's, you know someone shooting 30% and the other one shooting 25. Whoever's knocking down threes is the one who, who will most likely get get the minutes. 
Yeah, and it's not going to have too much of it. Now, McCaw had uh, moments in fantasy last season when all those injuries mm-hmm. went down and he was playing at point guard. Then he had that horrific back injury. At least he was able to get back onto the court. So that was mm-hmm. uh, a good sign in the playoffs to see McCaw then. But as you said, he hasn't even signed yet. So we were assuming he's on this team, but we, we don't know that uh, mm-hmm. for certain. I don't really see where else he's going to go. The um, projected starting five, it's pretty straightforward. Curry, Clay, Durant, Draymond, and you've listed Kavon Looney as the starting center until Boogie comes back. Let's start there. Looney was very impressive last season. I am stunned that he wasn't able to get a larger contract than the minimum Likewise. he signed. Uh, I thought that he was a perfect guy to, to go to one of those younger teams and really you know, blossom. He was putting up massive block numbers, big steal numbers, really efficient stuff. From the, from the field with his shooting numbers. Now, he comes in with an opportunity here to, to start at center. Do you think that him starting at center is going to be starting 28 minutes or 24 minutes with sort of a split going with Jordan Bell? Yeah, you see, that's the tough part. I put Looney down just because I know Steve Kerr really likes him, and he did come back uh, on the minimum, uh, which is funny because they, they kind of bun- <laughs> bumbled this whole thing when they didn't pick up his fourth year or – yeah, fourth-year option. He comes in, starts playing his best ball, and they think they won't be able to keep him. They won't even be able to keep him for the 2.2 that his fourth-year option was going to be. Couldn't even get another offer out there. They got him for 1.5. Uh, so it's you know dumb luck thing that really worked out for him. Uh, I put Looney down just because I know Steve Kerr prefers him, but it could be Jordan Bell. It could be Damian Jones. It could be a matchup thing night to night uh, as far as you know, what Steve Kerr has decided. It could be whether Steve Kerr, you know, has eaten during the day or not. I really don't know where he gets, uh, where he decides who's going to start when. Uh, I mean, we saw JaVale McGee get thrown into the starting lineup, you know, three quarters through the year last year. Uh, I do think Looney is the most reliable and does have, makes the least mistakes out there, but it could be anyone really. He's, He's um, look. He, he provides those good block numbers. He gets steals. Yes, field yeah. percentage. That's all good. But he's really unsexy in terms of what he does. And if they were to, exactly, if, if they were to get equal minutes, him and Bell, Bell would be by far the preferable mm-hmm. fantasy option. So from fantasy, mm-hmm. we want Bell to be getting twenty six minutes a night. But is Kerr going to get over his um, yeah, hatred of uh, Bell's immaturity? Yeah, I, I don't know. I think Bell's yeah, the, the superior guy, and if he can add some level of shooting, which we saw a little bit of that start to develop in summer league, and it was a bit okay. Here we go. If that comes in, then Jordan Bell's got pretty. High upside. I think Bell will also be playing uh, a lot of minutes as Draymond Green's primary backup at the four, mm-hmm. especially when Cousins comes back. So I feel like his minutes are maybe a little bit more secure because Looney will play the, the larger minutes when Cousins is out, and then that will drop. Whereas Bell, I still think he's going to get those backup minutes behind behind Draymond on this team, especially if they can't get reliable wing play from Evans or four. Meaning, it, I'm intrigued by. Up. Yeah, I'm intrigued by Damian Jones as well because he's going to be taking that JaVale McGee role. So the minutes will be sporadic, so you can't really count on on what minutes he'll be getting. But when he does, he's their main alley-oop option. He's their main cutting option. He's the He, besides DeMarcus, is the only real traditional center. And by that, I just mean, you know, a, a big seven-foot body. And uh, he's incredibly athletic. So I'd, I'd be intrigued, but I also wouldn't. I don't know. I, I don't know if I'd really be going after him either, though. He's uh, He blocks shots. Um, he yes. can't shoot free throws. He's got no uh, defensive IQ at this point. Needs to really work <laughs> on, on that. But he is a supreme athlete, really strong jumper, uh-huh. shot blocker, all that sort of stuff. But yeah, I'd, I'd be stunned if he was getting more minutes than Bell and Looney yeah. uh, this season. Uh, I think Bell's worthy of a, of a risk as a late-round pick. 
Looney, you could also do the same, but I'd expect that his upside to be significantly lower than what Bell's is. But either of those guys are guys that I'd take in that last round, and I would take Bell over Looney. But yeah, you could go either direction on those players, at least while DeMarcus Cousins is out. But if they do decide to give Bell that job over Looney, then I'd be way more in on him and I uh, wouldn't have really any hesitation in selecting him. The other two members of the starting, or the other three that we haven't spoken about, Clay Thompson, Kevin Durant, and Draymond Green. Clay, yes, sir. He Clay took a bit of a step back last season to to a degree from a fantasy point of view. He was the forty second ranked player. He'd been in around a top thirty sort of a guy. Averaged twenty points. 49%, 84 from the line, but just doesn't do much in the peripheral numbers. He hits a lot of threes, but they are the most replaceable stat in fantasy off the waiver wire. I think Clay suffers a bit of a letdown this season, especially when Boogie comes back as he does lose some of those shots. He's ranked insanely high on Yahoo at 26. There's no way I'd be wanting to go near him there. Uh, and he just doesn't fill it up. In He doesn't get assists. He's not a big rebounder, good defender, but without getting steals or blocks and doesn't get to the free throw line at all. So I think there's a real chance that he's not able to live up to that same rank as last season, even if his on-court play is at the exact same level that what it is this season. And if he plays like a one fewer minute than he, the 34 he played last season, then I think there's a, there's a real chance that he could tumble outside the top 50 for this season. Now, you know, Clay still, I feel like he's going to do the same stuff that he always does, but he's probably the most in line to maybe lose a shot or two per game with when Cousins returns. Yeah, you'd think so. I mean, that's going to be one of the most interesting things when Cousins does come back and when they do try and work him into the lineup. Uh, he plays another guy that will be on that second unit, and it's it's going to be interesting to see whether because Cousins is out there, is that costing Clay shots, or does Cousins' presence help him get more shots? I would probably lean towards the former that you know Cousins will probably take up some of his some of his some of his shots. It'll be big see for sure. I it's that's the one thing with the Warriors this year. It's almost split into two different seasons yeah. before Cousins and after Cousins. And so it's, it's enough to tell, but it'll be interesting. I think that uh, Kevin Durant and Draymond Green, we're basically going to see you know, very similar to what we saw last season. Again, maybe they mm-hmm. play you know, fewer games than what they did or you know, rest a little bit more, not fewer games because they you know, were both injured significantly last season. But they're just going to do what they do and they're going to be reliable in terms of that. Uh, I think yeah, Durant, again, we're looking at a guy that could have another top five type of season. Draymond, another top 30-ish uh, type of guy for this coming season. But they just sort of are what they are. Green probably doesn't get impacted that much by Cousins, although... Maybe Boogie uh, is packing the paint a little bit more defensively and, and Draymond's not protecting the rim as much. I don't really think that's too much of a concern. Green didn't really play that much at center last season anyway. So mm-hmm. I think we expect to see you know, fairly similar numbers from both of these guys for this uh, for this coming season. And they're just rock solid where they are. And I think you know, Durant, like Curry, you're going to see him slide outside that top five as people really start panicking about the, about the rest issues that, that may come for this time. Again, not a guarantee that they're going to do any of this. But people will panic and you'll see those guys slide and that could give you some value in the back end of that first round, uh, first round area. Um, the value guys on ESPN, I think, yeah, Looney at 300 and Bell at 143, Steph Curry at number 10. There's all value in all those guys, especially Curry at 10. I'd love to get him at pick 10, whereas Clay at 26 oh, on yeah. Yahoo. I think that's probably too high as I have, uh, as I've already detailed. We'll talk a little bit about Andre Iguodala now, Charles. He's not really a fantasy impact guy. He just goes half-assed for the majority of the season, even more than some of these <laughs> other guys. I think we see another step back from Iguodala and then he steps it up again in the playoffs. It's 
just a, a case of I he, he knows what to do. He knows how to preserve himself and uh, no need for him to be playing more than 24 minutes a night really during the season. Exactly. I mean, he's pretty much ahead of the curve when it comes to uh, knowing where this team is and what their priorities are and that he doesn't need to really do much during the regular season. Maybe just get in shape and get ready for the postseason. And uh, like you said, his, his fantasy impact isn't, isn't much. And I wouldn't be surprised to see more of the same with him. Just kind of, yeah, half-assing it, like you said. And then once the postseason comes, he'll be ready to go. He he gets you assists when he's out there. Yeah, really, mm-hmm. that, that can be an interesting yeah, last day of the week type stream guy that get you some assists. But again, I said this to Charles before we started recording. This is probably going to be the most boring team that I talk about in all these <laughs> ones because everything, apart from Demarcus Cousins, everything is just what it is. Like this is what Draymond and KD and Steph and Clay they're all just going yeah. to do that and, until Cousins comes back. And then even then, that might not be as big an impact as, as what we think. So I think we've covered pretty much all of this there for the Warriors team here. Again, very little to talk about. Maybe Jonas Sharepko is any way. He gets you know, regular rotation minutes, or is he just sort of going to be at a, a break glass in case of emergency type of guy? Well, you mentioned Jordan Bell getting primary backup minutes yeah. to Draymond. Uh, I could see Jarebko getting those minutes and, and Jordan Bell getting more time at the five because this is really the first stretch four that they're going to have because I look at stretch four as being able to make threes. Draymond takes them, but he doesn't really make them. Uh, Jarebko has the ability to knock down threes. I could see him getting some time at that uh, the four spot behind Draymond. Uh, I don't know how effective he'll be, but I think he'll get opportunities to see what they have with him at least. He had a few moments last season uh, when Derek Favors or when Rudy Gobert was out where he'd start at the four, but they wouldn't give him huge amount of minutes. He'd come in mm-hmm. and do you know, little bits and pieces, and he'd have the occasional big game. He had a 16.8 rebound game against the Pistons in March. He had 12 points against the Magic in March, but he didn't really do too much, and I don't expect much of that to change for Yurepko uh, hitting into this season. But yeah, look, he could be an every night part of the rotation until Cousins returns. We'll just have to wait and see mm-hmm. how that all pans out. Charles, um, again, very little of the to talk about with this team um unfortunately uh for you maybe you could get yourself to save some time uh, during the day but um <laughs> what's going on over at uh at locked on warriors locked on warriors man we're just trying to make it through the off season <laughs> it's uh this is the slowest time of the year we're finding articles to talk about but uh getting some guests also coming up and just can't wait for the season to start man it, it's been uh a slog but you know luckily the warriors had uh, a long playoff run that helped <laughs> and the draft and everything. So it's been it's been a lot of fun, though, just talking about the back to back champs, man. Exactly. They are. It's it's it is fun <laughs> to talk about. Uh, it's fun to talk about uh, teams who are good and the Warriors are the best team we've seen probably ever yes, in sir. the NBA. So check out everything about the Warriors over on Locked On Warriors. And Charles, thank you for coming on Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Thanks for having me, man. Appreciate it. Guys, make sure you are subscribing to both of our podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify, and this one on YouTube. Give it a thumbs up, leave a comment, give a five-star rating. You know the drill. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya. Jacob Evans.